Consensus Network. I doubt we have another 10 years to wait for hyper-Bitcoinization, which would imply 3033. I suppose the outer boundary would maybe be in the late 2030 area. Like, I can't imagine if this is a fourth turning and fourth turnings generally take 20 years. And this one started in 2008. So, you know, 20 years would be 2028. Henry Ford, I'm sure, could not see that we would have highways all over the world and families would have multiple cars. You know, I, I think that, you know, those of us who kind of look at this thing objectively, realize the benefits it offers, realize the technical innovation it represents. I think we can conclude that, you know, Bitcoin will, in my opinion, I'm, I'm pretty sure Bitcoin is going to become the numerator of money. Now, you know, tomorrow, no. Five years, unlikely. Five to 10 years, possible. 10 or 15, I, I think almost a certainty. Welcome back to the Freedom Footprint Show, a Bitcoin philosophy show with Knut Svonholm and me, Luke the Pseudofin. Today, we're joined by investment manager and Bitcoin advocate, Lawrence Lepard. We discuss inflation, deflation, the current failures of the banking system, the timeframe for hyper-Bitcoinization, the ossification of Bitcoin, and much more. Will Bitcoin save the world? Do you need to get in now? Let's talk about it. But before we dive in, we'd like to quickly remind you that the best way to support the show is to send us a boost or stream us some sats using a value for value podcasting app such as Fountain. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, check out Fountain if you haven't already. You can earn sats from listening to podcasts and you can support your favorite shows through value for value. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe to the Consensus Network channel and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. And finally, we want to thank today's sponsors, Wasabi Wallet, Orange Pill App, and BitcoinBook.shop. All their information is in the description, and we'll be talking a little bit more about them later. And now, without further ado, here is Lawrence Lepard on The Freedom Footprint Show. Lawrence, welcome to The Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, most uh, most welcome. I, it's, I'm happy to be here and see my good friend, Newt. <laughs> good to see you, Larry, my favorite Bitcoin boomer. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, no, yeah. come on. Don't tell Foss that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Two of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Foss is my other favorite Bitcoin boomer. Okay, good. But he's, he's on, uh, he's, what do you call it? It's a penalty in hockey when you're, when you're out. Yeah, he's in the penalty minutes. box for, he's for messing a, with Udi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's in the penalty box for a couple of uh, minutes now, but he'll, That's he'll funny. be back soon, I, I guess. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to mess with Udi. <laughs> no, we talked a bit about messing with shitcoiners and uh, like, I think we both agree that the best way to tackle shitcoiners is just to ignore them. Absolutely. Because yeah. they, they thrive on attention. That's, that's, that's what fuels exactly them. That's exactly right. So uh, don't give them attention. Don't retweet. Don't, even don't, if give, it, don't give them oxygen. There's no point. Okay? <laughs> no, exactly. And, yeah. uh, no matter how stupid their tweets are, don't retweet them. <laughs> yes, absolutely on that. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of there are a bunch of people on Twitter that I put into that box, and I yeah. I, I don't block them, but I, I generally mute them. Yeah, so. I, yeah, I feel they use the same tactics as some politicians. I would yes. say Trump falls into that camp of saying stuff that is so stupid, so people get upset and uh, and then they retweet it, 
And it exactly. worked for him. No, it's, I mean, or, I, I think these people view it as any publicity is good publicity. And so they definitely try to trigger people. Exactly. And, uh, the, the rule, my rule is I try to avoid being triggered. Sometimes they get me. But. Yeah. And on the, on the other side of the political eye of people like AOC that does the same oh, yeah. thing, like oh, saying yeah. that the world yeah. will be destroyed in four years and stuff. Yeah. Like it's all over the place. Yeah. And, and it's kind of a sad development because I, uh, that was not the case pre-internet, right? Uh, I think that's right. I mean, not to the same extent, at least. Yeah, I think in general, the internet and, and instant communication has has brought a lot of good to the world in terms of decentralizing things. I mean, you know, the New York Times no longer controls the narratives. You know, Joe Rogan, a lot of other people get to weigh in, and we all get to weigh in. But I like the negative is that free speech is also messy. You know, <laughs> you get a lot of people saying stupid stuff, and you got to sort through it all, right? Yeah. And also, also, you have internet frauds. I mean, I've, I've, on many tweets, things I thought were correct, I've retweeted them only to find out that what's being said was just playing outright a lie or a fraud or wrong, right? I know. And w whenever I do that by mistake, I delete it as soon as possible. Oh, me too. This is what he points it out. But I mean, yeah. I, I have to admit, sometimes I get sucked in. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really bad. You know, exactly. You discover that's not even true. I can't no. And sometimes you even retweet the parody account because you think it's a real thing and it's a it's just yeah, a parody. No, it's tricky. I mean, knowing thing. what's real, what's not is not simple, especially when you've got people with avatars and stuff. I mean, you know, on 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 Twitter at least. I mean, I, I get criticized. All these people won't even show the real name. I mean, I'm out there with my real name taking a rest. You know. Yeah. Having said all that, like, I'm still very much pro as much free speech as possible oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely and let us let us all sort it out i mean generally speaking once people start you know abusing the privilege they get turned off pretty quick i mean the mute button is a great thing on twitter yeah and the, the market takes care of that by itself and even yeah. even the like social uh, social networks take care of that by themselves pretty good as well i think exactly yeah uh, yeah, yeah. So we recently met in Miami for a, a short period of time. Yeah, <laughs> I hung out in the lounge for a while. And uh, before that, we met in Madeira. It was like almost a year ago now since we did our little Madeira trip. I know. And I've heard there's a possibility of another Madeira meetup or even a small show over there at some point next year. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. aware of that or if that's coming together. You'd know more than I would, right? I may or may not know a lot about <laughs> that. You can't disclose it. Yes. But okay. let's okay. just say, uh, don't book too much stuff early March next year. <laughs> well, I would, I would love to return to Madeira and take my wife this time because she wants to see it. And, uh, what a beautiful little island. Uh, of course, Portugal is hard to, hard to beat in any, in any respect. So yeah, but Madeira is very special. Don't you think? Uh, oh I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, very uh, much so. A literal paradise on earth. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with you. I know you were thinking of moving there. Is that uh, something that's happened or are you going no. to no, we're st uh, we're still in, in Spain, and uh, yeah, yeah. you know, so we're staying here for the foreseeable future. And uh, but I have a good excuse to go to Madeira um, a couple of times per year, <laughs> so so I try to do that uh, whenever I can. Now I'm traveling quite a lot, going to a lot of conferences this year. So uh, yeah, I was on Madeira in uh, uh, February uh, this year, yeah. I believe, uh, and we yeah. had another meeting with Miguel. Uh, that was okay. fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, sure. There's yeah. Uh, not a lot in the news, but there are things happening in the background and behind the curtains all the time. So uh, yeah. I'm very bullish on Madeira. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, look, I mean, I know we were trying to orange peel the entire island. And I know that, you know, guys were running surf equipment from a guy they'd orange peeled. So um, 
you know, the more we can do that, the better, right? Absolutely. And what, what's, what's your favorite way of orange peeling a person? Like how, well, how do you approach this? Yeah. So, well, I, obviously I, I, I generally start, if they're a real normie, I generally start with just a discussion about inflation and, you know, because pretty much everybody in the world is now aware of the terrible inflation that we're all suffering through. And so that's always a good place to start. And then of course I lead into Bitcoin fixes this and they're kind of like Bitcoin, how, why, whatever. And then, I take them to the, you know, down the rabbit hole of the 21 million and fixed and deflationary and more efficient, a little bit of Keynesianism and how it's broken. And then, but the other thing that I find is a very, just a useful concrete, um, step. I think you probably do this too, is I have a moon wallet on my phone and I just say, Hey, I'm going to send you a couple of dollars and it's going to cost me less than a penny to do it. And this is how simple it is to use. I mean, I, and most of course, these people don't have any Bitcoin. They've never thought of having any Bitcoin. And so I say, get out your phone, go to the app store, download Moon, M-U-U-N, as you know. Uh, great. Enter a passcode, fine. Hit receive. Let me take a picture of that lightning code. You know, here's $2 or a dollar. And they're kind of stunned. They're like, wow, that's easy. And I said, that's your first Bitcoin. Don't spend it. Don't use it. You know, get more of it. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of the, the approach I take. And I think a lot of people are intrigued by it. I've, I've given away, you know, hundreds of dollars, you know, $1 at a time to people who, if, if they express any interest, unless they're very hostile against it, you know, generally they'll, they'll accept it. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Uh, I, uh, I used to do moon, but I prefer wallets of Satoshi now for uh, a couple of reasons. That's good too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for beginners, beginners think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so about inflation and deflation, um, where. Where do you see this, um, like, uh, uh, the way I see it, the, the, the official numbers for almost every country in the, in the world right now is 10% inflation. But as we know, they, they don't add like <laughs> the cost of apartments and villas into those bags of, of stuff that they calculate inflation from or yeah. pretend to calculate it. So it's more like 20% in every country, right? Uh, it can be. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, so where where do you see that going? Are is this the big one, or is this where everything crashes, or uh, do we have another twenty years to wait? Well, I don't, I don't think we have twenty years to wait. We spent a lot of time debating this, and I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by smart people and read other smart people who have views on it. I don't think any of us really know. Um, I, I, I doubt we have another ten years uh, to wait for hyper Bitcoinization, which would imply thirty thirty three. I suppose the outer boundary would maybe be in the late uh, 2030 area. Like, I can't imagine if this is a fourth turning and fourth turnings generally take 20 years. And this one started in 2008. So, you know, 20 years would be 2028. Um, you know, in, in terms of the, you know, the shorter term zigzags, obviously we had an enormous inflationary boost with the CARES Act and the PPP and all the COVID stuff and all the money printing, growth money supply 40% in two years from, you know, 2020 to 2022. Um, and that, you know, that's what lit Bitcoin on fire, lit gold on fire to a smaller degree. Um, and then of course, you know, the, the authorities, Powell, et cetera, um, reacted with, oh my God, we, you know, first it was transitory, but then they admitted it was real. And they said, we're going to slam on the brakes. And I've often said that what's going on here is these, these monetary authorities are like, you know, they're, they're driving a clown car on icy roads where they've got two guardrails. One of them's inflation, one of them's deflation. And they kind of keep bouncing off these two rails. And, and so, you know, we had massive inflation 
And now they've slammed on the brakes hard. They did one of the tightest rate, you know, fastest rate hiking cycles ever in the history of, of finance, although there was a tight one in the 70s as well. And, um, you know, the money supply growth has gone negative for the first time in, you know, 20, 30 years. And it, if it continues to go negative, it's going to look like the Great Depression. So we're going to have a deflationary collapse. Um, and my sense is they're going to try and do that. And, you know, that, that's a possibility in a shorter run basis um, in order to get inflation out of control because they view it as an as a existential threat. However, you know, eventually that's going to become a bigger problem and the inflation prints will come down a little bit. The economy will be rolling over. You know, there'll be a lot of unemployment. Um, you know, things will be breaking and we've already seen things breaking. I mean, Silicon Valley Bank's an example of that, the other banks that failed. And, um, and they'll have to reverse course. And of course, when they do that, we're going to go screaming in the other direction in this cloud car of, you know, I, I think arguably forward hyperinflation. I'm, I'm, they probably have a couple more cycles left in them. Um, but my sense is that they've kind of lost control of, of both the narrative, the money supply and the inflation deflation thing that they thought, quote unquote, they had under control. Um, and I, I think it's important to understand, in my opinion, that we've now we had 40 years of deflation. And as Jeff points out so intelligently in his book, and we all know from technology and watching technology, we live in a, a deflationary world in many respects. I mean, you know, uh, productivity enhancements lead to getting more for less over time. And yet we've got a monetary system that's constructed upon the basis that you must have inflation. If you don't have inflation, you can't pay your debts and the system collapses. So this is quite a paradox, as you and I both know. <laughs> And as a result of that paradox, the, the, you know, the, the, the old thinkers who grew up in the Keynesian world, grew up in the post-World War II monetary world, continue to try and solve the problem with old thinking. And they can't because they just can't. They're trapped and they, you know, the, the old thinking is not going to work. They need, they need new thinking, which is to say they've got to go to a sound monetary standard. Of course, the most superior, which is Bitcoin. And then the monetary standard needs to track along with what's going on in the economy, which is we're getting more and more productive. And, and so in, in theory or, and, and in practice, things will always be deflationary. And as you and I, as, as your book so correctly points out, a view that I've talked many times about, you know, the price of everything is going down in Bitcoin terms. I mean, just forever. <laughs> so and, yeah, and that's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Okay. It really is mind blowing when you, when you, when you start thinking in those terms again, because day to day, it's hard to remember someday that that's, that's where we're going and it's very hopeful. Right. Um, so yeah, they're fighting fire with fi fire, basically. Uh, yeah, uh, and it's, it's hard. I mean, if, if your lens is looking at one day or one hour or one week or one month or, you know, one year or two years or five years, I mean, remember this, this invention is 14 years old. And, you know, if you're back in the beginning, you get it for a dollar or less and, now it's $30,000 and, you know, we keep having higher highs and higher lows. And as I think you and I both agreed, you know, we're going to see, you know, hundreds of thousands per coin. And then someday we're going to see millions of dollars per coin. And, you know, the, the difficulty is obviously being patient and understanding the swings and not, you know, not plop buying at 68, although I was still buying at 68, I was dollar cost averaging. Um, and you know, and I come, I continue to dollar cost average all the way down to 15 and back up to 30. And, and I, you know, um, we all know it's volatile. That's just part of the, you know, part of the adoption curve. We're still on, we're still very, very early. I mean, there are 8 billion people on this planet 
And I don't know, we, we can all debate what percentage know about or own Bitcoin, but it's pretty damn small. And, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, my favorite uh, example, speaking about how deflation does not just deter consumption completely is, is computers and the computing power. And right. Moore's law is still in, still happening on a yes. fiat standard. So, so, yes. and, and so computers are deflationary as hell and we still yeah. buy them, buy new ones all the time and new of cars and everything. So, of yeah. so that, 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 that's all a mirage and an excuse for, uh, for yeah, the whole thing. notion that you have to have inflation to create animal spirits, that if you have deflation, <laughs> nobody, will, nobody will spend any money and therefore the economy won't exist. That's crazy. Yeah. What people are going to stop eating. They're going to stop driving cars. They're going to stop wanting housing. I mean, no. people have natural human needs, whether it's inflationary or deflationary out there. Yeah. Um, would you agree that what you would get rid of is, you know, uh, excess spending and like well, luxury right. goods and consumerist bullshit? Like, is that uh, maybe I think not that's luxury right. goods? I think, I think not- when, I think when people feel like they have a way to save their money and their capital, knowing that it's not going to depreciate. As, as you and I have discussed, as everyone in Bitcoin has discussed, their time preference shifts and they start thinking, you know, this is a really good thing. Do I really, you know, do I really need to spend that extra X dollars or, or you know, Satoshis on that widget? You know, because I know, I know if I don't, those Satoshis are going to be worth a lot more in the future. And so, so you're much more intentional in what you spend your money on. And so you just start thinking to yourself, you know, do I, you know, do I really need that extra doodad piece of crap? You know, no. uh, or, or would I rather have that in my savings account and growing now, you know, you might be really hungry and you might say, Hey, you know what? I really need that steak and I'll pay for that steak. It's going to give me some good nourishment right now, but you know, you don't necessarily need the second or the fifth steak or what, whatever it might be. Well, I mean, that steak is never really a piece of crap. But I guess the point is people spend a lot of money on a lot of stupid stuff like shiny cars and you know, expensive clothes and so on and so forth. And uh, I think when you start, when you start realizing that you can save your money and have it be worth a lot more in the future, you, you start, you ask yourself with every purchase, is this something I really want and need, man? You know, look, if it's a great experience, if it's to travel to Madeira, sure, I'll spend the money because it's a fabulous experience, but uh, stuff, you know, you tend to want less stuff. Yeah. Um, if it's a fifth stake, I'll still take it over a fourth turning though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so do you think Bitcoin can save us from, or us, like save the world from the impeding financial crash? Uh, to, to what extent do you think that, how will that play out? Like it's, I yeah. know these are extremely hard questions that yeah. are foresee, but what's like, are you, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the next 10 years in, in that sense? Well. I, you know, I'm, I try to be realistic and, and both, you know, I mean, the answer is really both. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic on where we're heading and how much better we'll be. I'm incredibly positive. I mean, I shared Jeff Booth's excite for the better world that is coming our way as a result of these old ways of doing things kind of falling by the wayside. I mean, you know, I, I so many good analogies, but, you know, think about how much better the world got when automobiles replaced horses or something. I mean, you know, I, I'm very, very positive on where we're going, but I'm also realistic enough to know that to get from a French system with a lot of vested players who are going to throw, you know, sand in our eyes and try to discourage us from going there that, you know, there's going to be, they're, they're gonna, there's going to be pain. And, and certainly 
there's going to be more pain, I think, felt by the people who don't recognize the trend we're going in. I mean, if you want to hang around and, and hang on to your bonds and hope that in 30 years, your bond portfolio is going to be giving you a good real income, I think you're going to be, you know, sadly and, and rather poorly treated economically, as opposed to if you want to take that bond money and put it in Bitcoin um, and, and watch it continually appreciate in terms of its purchasing power in the future. Because as we know, Greg Foss points out, my good friend, but you know, fiat is really just programmed to debase and it will always debase. The question is just at what rate? And I think at some point, you know, as like Preston Fish does the best job of talking about this, anyway, you get an engineering kind of phase state change where, you know, at 28 degrees, water is ice, but at 34 or 38, you know, water is water. And at some point, people are going to abandon fiat. I mean, they're just going to go, holy shit. This stuff, it's just the printing so much of it so fast, it's never going to hold its value. You know, there'll be, it'll be a crack up boom. It'll be like what we saw in Weimar, where anyone who gets paid in fiat will instantly move to convert it into something that's sounder, you know? And, and that's, of course, hyper Bitcoinization. And now I think that is coming, but, but we're, we're definitely several swings away from that. We're not even close to being at that point. In fact, the, the network and the supporting companies couldn't even handle it if it happened today. So, that's probably a good thing, but, but that's where we are ultimately going. I mean, uh, you know, just as, you know, Henry Ford, I'm sure could not see that we would have highways all over the world and families would have multiple cars. You know, I, I think that, 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 you know, those of us who kind of look at this thing objectively realize the benefits it offers, realize the, the technical innovation that it represents. I think we can conclude that, you know, Bitcoin will, in my opinion, I'm, I'm pretty sure Bitcoin is going to become the new Marair of money. Now, you know, Tomorrow, no. Five years, unlikely. Five to ten years, possible. Ten or fifteen, I, I think almost a certainty. So, what does that put us into the late twenty thirties kind of thing? Um, and, yeah. and it's hard to know the slope. I mean, you know, I watch these phase state changes. Like, you know, Russia was pretty big and powerful, and then one day it wasn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. You, you know what I mean? I mean, things things can and do happen. You know very, you know, sometimes rather quickly and quicker than anyone would expect. And one thing people have pointed out, I think is an interesting observation is that, you know, that we live in a digital world. We live in an instant communication world. Here you are, you know, in Europe, speaking to me in the United States, real time, we can see each other, you know, the Silicon Valley bank, when it failed, I mean, this kind of blew my mind in one day, they had $42 billion of, of withdrawal requests from the Silicon Valley bank. I mean, talk about a bank run, right? And this yeah. is not Bailey savings and loan, right? I mean, <laughs> and, and, and I heard, I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that the next day they had a hundred billion in requests. They shut down, they were, you know, the FDIC seized it. But I mean, the, the bank had $200 billion of deposits. So in two days, that bank went from being okay or kind of being alive to being, you know, functionally bankrupt. And so, you know, when, when the similar kind of thing, I mean, if Silicon Valley Bank is a microcosm for the United States Treasury, which one could argue it kind of is. I mean, obviously it's, it's, you know, more obvious and worse today, but, but I think the treasury is headed in that direction. You know, at one point in time, everyone could kind of say, Hey, you know, we don't want this stuff anymore. You know, we're out of here. These treasury bonds sold to you, you know, give me that, give me that sound thing. Give me that real yeah. estate. Give me that food. Give me that commodity. Give me oil. Give me gold. Give me yeah. silver. Give me Bitcoin. I mean, anything that can't be 
printed by the government because people will have totally lost confidence in the government. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors. First up, Orange Pill App. Stack friends who stack sats, meet like-minded Bitcoiners near you, and help speed up hyper-Bitcoinization with Orange Pill App. Bitcoin isn't an online-only phenomenon, and Orange Pill App helps facilitate the social layer, connecting Bitcoiners in their local area. It maintains your privacy through the whole process, and since you have to pay to access the app, you know that everyone there cares about Bitcoin and is high signal. A great new feature is events. You can create events and meetups right from the Orange Pill app and help build your local community while maintaining the Bitcoin-only signal. Orange Pill app is available on iOS and Android. Download now. Next up, Wasabi Wallet, an open-source, non-custodial desktop wallet that is trustless, easy to use, and affordable. It has CoinJoin built in to facilitate your privacy. Every Bitcoin transaction leaves a clear footprint, but with Wasabi, you can make sure that others can't track your steps and threaten your sovereignty. Just send your coins to Wasabi Wallet, wait, and your coins will be private on the other end. It's open source, trustless by design, and non-custodial. You have full control over your keys. Check it out now at wasabiwallet.io. Robert Kennedy uh, talked about Bitcoin being democracy money in Miami. What What are your thoughts on oh, that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't like politicians um, and, and you know, and he's a politician. Um, and and <laughs> so I'll start right there. So I'm not, you know, anybody who wasn't. And I know there's some real dirt in his background. I know what it is and I get it. Um, but I do the way I, the way I evaluate politicians is I do praise them when they say things that I agree with. And there are many things he's saying, which I do agree with very strongly. Um, and you know, he, he understands, I mean, if if you remember from his speech down there, he explained that the way he got into this, the reason he became aware of Bitcoin and supported Bitcoin was the Canadian trucker strike. And he, he saw what the government did there to try to seize the GoFundMe accounts of these truckers. I mean, these people were peacefully protesting policies that they thought were not correct. And the, and the government said, sorry, we're taking your money. And, um, and obviously Bitcoin was a workaround and he saw that and he realized, he intelligently realized what a nice, you know, system, the Bitcoin system is for avoiding financial, the financial repression of these governments. And so, um, I, my, 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 you know, comments are hats off to you, Robert. I mean, and you know, will he win the presidency? You know, probably not very unlikely, but here we have a guy with a really big name with a following, with an audience to some degree, although the mainstream has really tried to shut him down, who's out there talking about something that is very important to me and to you and to all of us in this community, which is freedom of speech as expressed through Bitcoin, right? Yeah. The thing is, though, that Bitcoin is not really democracy money, is it? It's anarchy money. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it's, well, uh, that's a good point. Actually. So, so yeah, you uh, might have mislabeled it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and if it is democracy money and if the, they, as in the politicians, can dictate what a node is and what you're yes. allowed to do with it or not, or we are allowing you to run the node, then uh, Bitcoin is at risk. Like, so, oh, very it, much so. Th- th- there yeah. is there is a good argument to be made for that politicians that are hostile to Bitcoin are actually better for the network because that forces people to actually take full custody and run their own nodes and choose their own software and fight the the real fight here. Because I, I like if we that. come, I, if I like that, I think I think he's labeling democracy money. I mean, look, he's not as sophisticated as the rest. No, of no, it, yeah, I, I, I get works. it. I get it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 
the thing I did a Twitter poll about that. What's better for Bitcoin? Like politicians who are for it, politicians who are against it, or honey badger don't give a fuck. <laughs> and option C is obviously the correct one in the long run, at least. That's right. I mean, yeah. honey badger really doesn't give a fuck. And 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 yeah. And look, whether they're for it or against it, they really can't stop it. And that's what's so that's what's so fabulous about it. I mean, um, I was fortunate enough to hear Sailor talking in a small group setting in Miami where he said. You know, the only way this thing can get screwed up is if the core developers screw it up, you know, and, and so he has a very strong opinion that we need to, you know, we, we've got it fixed. It's working well. We, we, you know, we shouldn't be messing with it. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, 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 I was on the stage with a guy over in England when I was meeting with uh, McCormick and this guy was saying he thought that maybe the 21 million cap should be adjusted to grow 2% a year. Uh, and I just about <laughs> fell out. I wanted to go over and slug him, you know, I mean, he's a techie. I mean, because, I mean, you just, you know, that's, that's the core value proposition. And, and so, you know, that or messing with the block size or some of the other proposals that have been made, I think are very dangerous. I mean, the only way we can mess this up is if we do it ourselves. Exactly. It's just like the only way you can mess up your own keys is, is that you do it, like that you put them at risk somehow. Even Correct. from from attackers, if the attackers can get to your private key, then you're not doing Bitcoin security properly. Correct. <laughs> and you're not correct. using your imagination in the imaginative enough ways. Like, uh, so, so yeah, I view this as the biggest risk factors uh, as well. And, uh, Bitcoin yeah. will ossify at some point and never change. And that's, that's sort of why I believe I, it. I think, even. Yeah, I think we're yeah. probably close to being there. I mean, as I'm sure, you know, we both lived through the fork wars and, you know, this little taproot yeah. thing is a little bit disturbing. I mean, it is. The, yeah. I, I, I want, yeah, I would like to, I would like to see it ossify and I, and yeah. I, whenever anybody, I mean, I, I think as Bitcoiners, um, we, we should be relatively loud about our views that, you know, um, don't mess with it. It's not broken. No, exactly. Don't mess with it. Exactly. Um, if, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. What's the American right. and <laughs> And of course, you know, the implication is interesting. I got on the spaces talking about this and, you know, some of the techies on there were like, well, no, the. You know, there's, it's a limited size block and therefore there's a limited number of transactions and there are billions of transactions in the world. And how's that going to work? And you're going to get to the point where the on-chain fees are going to be $10,000 a transaction. I'm like, yep. And that's okay. Exactly. That, that, that's actually okay because that'll be a transaction between people who have hundreds of billions of dollars and they'll gladly pay it. And, you know, that's why we have a layer two and a yeah. layer three, you know, and all of that. Right. And like off-chain scaling. That's the thing. I, I don't even like the term layer two. Like I like that when I, if I okay. barter a book with another Bitcoin author at a conference, I am to a certain extent using Bitcoin, right? <laughs> I'm, right. Right. Or I, I'm, I'm using Bitcoin in the sense that I'm avoiding third party involvement in my right. transactions. Right. Uh, and uh, it's a, it's a lame example, I know, but, but, but no, still. It's a great example. Uh, it's like, a perfect example. Yeah. Uh, the, the the thing that's lacking is imagination of how to scale this outside of the chain. Like how how can we build stuff that are somewhat connected to Bitcoin? But the, as well, long as people know the trade offs, then it's open source, and uh, then well, it's yeah, like, and I, that's how well, we have to scale. I'm sure you're aware of it because he was with us in in Madeira. I mean, I think you know Obi and 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 Fediment really is 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 a perfect example of how that's going. I mean, look, everything. Yeah. I think ultimately everything will be priced in satoshis. Right. So, you know, stake will cost, I don't know, X hundred Satoshi. I mean, especially a stake might cost 20 Satoshis, but whatever. 21. Some, yeah. 20, <laughs> 20. Yeah. 
Um, but, but the point is if everything's priced in Satoshi's, you don't necessarily need to do an on-chain transaction, you know, to move from A to B. All Absolutely you need to do is have a secure place to store Satoshi's and, and know that that place is linked back to the original chain. And so that if it ever got into a deficit, it would go, you know, the, the, the deficit would be filled, so to speak. Yeah. So, so that's a, that's a fediment and that's a, that's a lightning, that's a lightning network, you know, self-custodying your Satoshis and allowing you to transact, right? Yeah. So, and with people you trust, like uh, you can do completely off-chain transactions that aren't even on the lightning app. You can get, just keep track of like, yeah. this is, this is the thing about money that people don't seem to get like money solves the problem of not trusting who you're uh who you're trading with if you're Correct. trusting the person you're trading with like like you trust your family no money is needed like right. you, yes, it, within correct. a within a family we ever we never use money but when we trade with one another like correct. i cook you food and and you do something for me that's pleasant uh <laughs> and that's uh, that's the thing yeah. uh, no, that's uh, uh so uh, so that's the very problem that money solves. And that's why KYC, it's such bullshit because it's, it, it's, it's counter to the very purpose of money. <laughs> correct. That's uh, correct. And uh, that, that is the thing. I think I talk about this a lot and I get a lot of flack for it because people think I'm, I'm bonkers when I talk about, you know, b transaction, the, the real scaling solution is how the total number of transactions will go down and not up. Uh, b okay. but this is what I think like, uh, the, the, the innovations will be in how people use their imagination to do trade outside of the, outside of the actual chain, because it enables trust between us on, like when you have trust in the base layer, very, very base layer of society, it's much easier to, to weed out the bad actors. So like, right. I would trust you with $50 million. I wouldn't trust Udi with $50 million. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No disrespect, Udi. Um, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like Dude, I think you did mean disrespect. Come on. <laughs> you know, but but here's the thing: I don't think Udi's going to be listening to this, so we're good. <laughs> All right. So so anyway, uh, like that's that's the future I predict where people honest. It, it, it will be easier to detect honesty, and therefore easier to detect dishonesty in people. Well, that's all, correct. Also through this that we have this video conferencing and, and social media is so powerful. It's much, much more powerful than people think it is. Like everywhere, everyone that was a crypto boy last year is talking about AI now, but this, you know, human interactions between continents, like sooner or later, everyone will figure out the borders are bullshit. Like, because they are well, like, that's, that's right. That's, it, yeah. And, it, and who needs these governments? And you yeah. know, I, I don't want to kill anybody in China or anybody in Russia or anybody in the, no, I mean, it's, it's like everyone's, everyone's going to just want to live peacefully. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, what we're going to watch, in my opinion, is the decentralization and the, and the breaking down of the nation states. And, and that's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's, yeah, there's a lot of really, really great stuff coming our way. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, it gets, it gets interesting though. I mean, it, you know, it's money, but I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the most recent sailor pod on what is money with breed love or the most recent. Uh, Jason Lowry pod on what is money, but I highly recommend both. I, I listened to both on um, McCormack yeah. and not Breedlove. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 uh, but aren't, <laughs> aren't they interesting? Isn't it interesting that, you know, that at the next layer up, Bitcoin not only becomes money, but it also becomes a truth machine. I it mean, does. It's, it's yeah. the only thing that you absolutely mathematically know to be true in the world. Yeah. 
It's kind yeah. of, a, it's, it's the most powerful computer network in the world. And keep yes. applications of that, you know, it's, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it, but it's really interesting. And I don't, I don't think any of us fully understand how far that's going to take us. Cause, cause what, one of the things about AI that steers me, as Sailor points out, I mean, you know, somebody's going to be able to, you know, I mean, you've already seen, I've seen it online. You've seen people who, you know, like some guy has got an AI version of Jerome Powell's voice. Yeah. You know, and they listen, some AI robot listened to Jerome Powell enough. And so this guy can type in a speech for Jerome Powell. He can give it. It sounds just like it. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, I mean, what if, what if, what if your kids, what if some AI thing, you know, matches your voice and, and then they, you know, or matches your kid's voice and then calls you up and says, Hey dad, I'm in trouble. Send me money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of computer, computer security and fraud is, is kind of the next frontier of warfare as as jason points out i think he's right you know yeah with the, the but phil i have to remember that in the when the cinema was a new thing like the first movie that was ever shown in a the cinema there was a, a a black and white train coming towards the audience and they all yeah. panicked and ran out oh, so, really? so so yeah. it's 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 sort of a similar situation now we have this thing and we think it's scary but is it really that scary like <laughs> We'll see. I, I don't have the answer to that, but yeah. No, I agree. The, the, I thing, agree. I, the thing I yeah. disagree with about this absolute truthfulness layer thing, uh, slightly from a, a lot of other Bitcoiners, is that is only true for the monetary aspect of it. Like any document you, you attach to the blockchain or, any, or the time chain or any other thing you attach to it, uh, you rely on you know whoever is uploading it to not have meddled with it in the first place. So it does not prove anything except that you did that at that point. It does not prove anything about the validity of the document. I get it. The uh, I get it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and uh, there's also one thing called open timestamps, mm -hmm. uh, which has been around for quite a while, which means that you can, you can connect any, doc any documents uh, to a certain block height in the, in the time chain. So you can sort of timestamp a document by, mm -hmm. by making a hash of... <laughs> Of the document, it doesn't document, take right. it doesn't take up uh, as much space as doing like the ordinals thing or wh whatever other. Yeah. So 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 that whole narrative it reminds me of what people were talking about back in like even 2016. There were there were sort of you know this stuff about colored coins and stuff about uh, uh, yeah. other use cases for the time chain and and to me that's noise because that is not what secures. The security model is only internal, only works internally and never externally. I, so, I agree. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so I'd rather, uh, you know, instead of putting my will on the time chain, I, I'd rather just keep the twelve words and keep the satoshis and just give them to my to my <laughs> to my heirs. Right. Yeah. No, and, that's yeah. right. I I agree with that. I mean, look, the 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 monetary base is the first and best use case, and it's and it's huge, and it's going to change the world. And it's going to dwarf the other use cases, I think. Yeah, I think the, the yeah. interesting thing, though, is that is that you know, in a, in a world where your identity could be questioned, if you have the twelve words, you have them memorized, nobody else has them, you can really prove it's you. Do, do you know what I mean? Um, and that sounds ridiculous that that would even be a question right now, but I think someday yeah. that could become a question. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. and like. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know how, how this would play out. None of us do. But I, no, it's, I, hard, it's hard to see how it's going to play out, right? I, I sort of see, you're a gold guy. So, so the, the, yeah. I see the, the other use cases for the time chain as like the industrial use cases for gold and the Euler right. use, use cases yeah, yeah. for gold. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah, the re- that's a good point. That's the, a good reason, point. the reason that you make jewelry out of gold is not, gold is not valuable because jewelry is nice. Like it's the other way around. You make jewelry out of gold because gold is valuable, right? right. Because it has a monetary value. So the, the monetary value sort, sort of eats up. That's the, the, the lion's share of that's the, the reason we That's the reason we pull it out of the ground. Right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, the other, and as was it Hayek that pointed out that other use cases actually make it a worse form of money? Because yes. you're, you're sort of tamper yeah, with it. That yeah. 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 yeah, that's how I view everything on on the time chain that isn't just pure Satoshi's. Yeah, uh, that's the analogy I can think of at this point. Yeah, I'm going to refine, I mean, refine the thoughts a bit. Yeah, Jason <laughs> would probably come and argue with you because he's absolutely convinced it's a national security yeah, issue. And, and issue. He, uh, Jameson Locke. Uh, wrote a pretty good counter article to Jason's arguments. And oh, did he? He, okay. he leaves he leaves out the 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 sort of quote unquote debunking of it is that Jason leaves he, he views you know uh, mining as the only thing that secures the network, which is ah. simply not true. Like the the security of a network is a a combination of a lot of things uh, that all stem from voluntary human action. The nodes, for example. Yeah, and the, the nodes, yeah. And even the people interacting with the node runners. Like, I understand. So, so uh, I like the arguments of uh, in Mises and, and Rothbard that there is no such thing as a circular economy. Like, everything's connected. So if, if I yes. run a node in my home and I'm under pressure from other people to do something with the node to run a different piece of code, like, I get influenced by the everyone else I interact with. There's sure. no, like, separation here. So, so that's, and I think that's, that part of it is at least, you know, not emphasized enough in this sort of new ideas about how to think about Bitcoin. And it's the same with, you know, hashing power being so important. The, the, the way I see it, the, the cost of hashing power is, is what secures the network and not the hashing power itself. Uh, what the hashing power is good for though, is for, uh, making the internal clock work. Uh, right. So the, the difficulty adjustment and making, because the right. internal clock is crucial to prevent the, the double spending. So that's the point of the hashing power. Sort of. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and, 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 you know, all of these guys, and it's, it's, it's taken me a while, took me a while to really see, see this, but like everyone is finally coming around to understand that energy really is, is nature's natural discount rate, right? I mean, just energy of power is what, you know, what we all strive for and, and, and it's what it provides the lifestyles we have provides everything and it. And it ought to, by its very nature, money ought to be tied to energy. And yeah. Bitcoin is the purest form of that. Right. Yeah. It's the first time we could directly convert energy into a piece of the first, the world. And not the first last time because if you pipe. think about it, if you think about it, mining gold, I mean, money was uh-huh. before Bitcoin gold no, was money. Yeah. And, and, and mining gold literally was an expenditure of energy. You know, you had to break rocks and spend money on explosives and diesel and, and you, you know, you, you ended up with money. So there was a tie, you know, and the other thing that you, you, you're fascinated by all the charts that Steve Scirocco and Luke Groman and a lot of others have done really great work with it, kind of looking at how oil and money have been tied over the years and how they haven't really varied that much. I mean, you know, the dollar has lost a lot of its value. But if you, if you actually price oil, you know, in gold, I mean, the, the price of oil has actually stayed relatively constant over long periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's the stock uh, to flow ratio thing. And, uh, exactly. the, the thing that makes Bitcoin so special though, is that we know it's absolutely finite and we know yes. what the cap is. 
Correct. And that makes it completely different from oil and, Correct. and it, even it's gold not in even my close mind. To being comparable no. to gold. Yeah. And, no. and I mean, and I say that a lot. And that's why I don't think any of us really even fully understand it. And I, I sit in amazement of the whole thing. I mean, there is no other commodity in the world that if you double, triple, quadruple its price, you won't get more of. You know, push up the price of, of coal or oil or, or, you know, corn or gold, doesn't matter what it is. If you push the price up high, we're going to make more of it. There's ah, never exactly. going to be more than 21 million Bitcoin. That's the, the power, and, and no matter how high the price is. And so the power, I, I, think, I think a lot of people just, they have a hard time getting their head around that. But once you do get your head around that, you'll say to yourself, holy shit. I got to own a lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like discovering a time machine or something. It's like right, holy exactly. shit, this, this exists. How how can this be? Like yeah, it, right. It's I mean, almost too I mean, good I, to be true. Yeah, it does seem too good to be true. And yeah, I, I sit and look at it. You know, I mean, I, I think you and I had this discussion with Madeira. I mean, you know, in the early days, my great fear was just it's a computer; it could blow up. But I, I I now have gotten beyond that, and I feel. In fact, when we were talking about all the, the physics we were talking about, I, I feel like the thing is pretty battle tested and the odds of, you know, massive computer failure in this thing are, are pretty damn low. I, I hope you agree with me on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How do, how do you coordinate a massive computer failure over continents that, that would be like an EMP wave from the sun or something? And the I only think that's thing probably that we write, yeah, the only thing right. that really happens is that you halt the system for a, for it, the next block will take longer than 10 minutes, but that's the only problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which, which wouldn't yeah. be the end of the world. Yeah. If everybody no. had, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Is, is there someone printing, uh, like physically printing the blockchain? somewhere like on paper i don't that know could, that could be I, a, sure a pretty somebody, cool I'm sure thing somebody is but i mean what, what's the node count up to is it like 15 or twenty thousand nodes right now yeah Maybe something like that right i know it was ten thousand a couple of years back but i haven't checked uh, yeah i don't know either. maybe there's a, a a statistic on clark moody or something the one of those websites that are so great yeah. for that another thing i wanted to talk to you about is a uh, about you know companies and governments owning bitcoin is that really a thing? Because the, the way I see, let me lay this out for you first. Like Bitcoin is so personal. Like it, all owning a Bitcoin is, is keeping a secret. Yes. And only a human brain can keep a secret. Yes. Like there's right. no, nothing else can really keep a secret. It's uh, right. uh, at least not at this point. So a government owning Bitcoin makes absolutely no sense to me because it's not really the government owning the Bitcoin is, is it's some guy or a group of guys like, uh, maybe Fediment solves this to a certain degree, yeah. but, but still the, you know, actually, actually holding the Bitcoin and not just holding paper Bitcoin is way, way trickier than, than, uh, your average politician yeah, it's, could it's, handle. It's, it's, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant question. And I mean, it, you know, it got me thinking, I mean, like. You know, having, so let's say the U S government decided owning Bitcoin was part of its strategic plan. Right. And so we started owning Bitcoin. I mean, you'd have to have a, a system that, that's probably similar to the nuclear code system to protect yeah. that Bitcoin from some bad actor yeah. getting in there and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to transfer a thousand of these suckers to my account. Right. Yeah. I, I, I made a, I made a video of that, uh, that specific scenario that just as you depicted here with like two big red keys and two guys having to, uh, you know, switch right. them on the new nuclear warheads at the same yeah, time. I mean, it's, I mean, we have, you know, I, I don't know what they are exactly, but I'm sure we have extremely good and detailed 
nuclear code protection to prevent an accident. You sure about that? Well, I, you know, <laughs> given our government, no. But I, but that's that's the theory anyway. Yeah, and, they haven't, uh, haven't and, gone off accidentally yet. So yeah, yeah. So far, so far, so good, right? I mean, you know, as we're falling off the building, headed to the, the ground fast, but uh, you know, and so I would imagine you'd have to have a similar kind of thing. But um, however, you know, one thing you could do is you could public you could publish the public address, and everyone could see it there, which is a, a damn sight better than Fort Knox, which is you know, I mean, the U.S. is supposed to have eight thousand three hundred tons of gold, and the fact of the matter is. We haven't audited it in years and years and years. And I, there are a lot of us who think it's not there, you know, that they've, that they've <laughs> loaded it over the years. Now, yeah. you know, whether they have or not is un, undetermined, but it strikes us, it strikes many of us as very suspicious that they won't do an audit. And the reason for not doing an audit is they say it's too expensive, which is just, yeah. it's, that's just patently absurd. I mean, yeah. you, you could audit it in, you but, know. I mean, and this it, is, this is, a, this is a very, very funny part of the rabbit hole because sense value is subjective. Yes. What, ma what matters is not if the gold is there or not, but it is if people think it's there or not, right? Well, that's correct. That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. And that's so, and obviously, uh, you know, but, 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 but when the dollar fails and we have hyper Bitcoinization and the war trial, the, you know, the financial crimes trials begin, you know, <laughs> Mike said, Hey, Let's go, let's, let's get inside Fort Knox and all these other things. Let's see if that gold really is there. And they might find they're empty and then they'll hopefully find some records and say, Hey, you know what? Bill Clinton looted this thing or somebody, you know, I mean, whatever yeah. it might be right now, this, sadly, this will probably be after the death of a lot of the people who did it. But, um, but yeah, you're right. It, it is the perception. And, you know, I mean, that, that goes into a lot of areas. And I think it's that shifting perception too, that, that changes, you know, as the Overton window, right. That changes, um, you know, how things work. I mean. Um, look that, you know, my father absolutely positively believed that Lee Harvey Oswald was a single shooter who killed John F. Kennedy. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. he just, he believed the Oswald, he believed the Warren Commission report as if it were God's written truth. Right. Yeah. And I studied it, you know, since I was much younger and read everything there is to read. I, I'm absolutely, you know, believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that, that the CIA and, and Johnson murdered Kennedy. I mean, I, uh -huh. and I, and I, I think there are a lot more people who feel the way I do than people who feel the way my father did. Yes. And, and, and it, and it kind of, it goes to, you know, okay, there is a truth. I mean, somebody killed Kennedy. There's a, there is an yeah. absolute truth. Um, the issue is what is it? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, but over time, that, that, the, I guess the point is understanding can evolve, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And so right now everyone thinks we got the gold in Fort Knox, but, but maybe we don't. And maybe over time that becomes, people become aware of that. I, I happily admit that I have no clue about Mr. Oswald's uh, motives or intentions or who paid him or, or like, I have no clue about that. I haven't, haven't done that deep yet, dive yet. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, trust me, I think if you did, you'd come to the conclusion I've come to. It's, it, yeah. I mean, the, the evidence is overwhelming for any, any rational analyst trying to be objective. Yeah. Uh, speaking of such, uh, for lack of a better word, conspiracy theories, what, what, do, you, <laughs> yeah. what do you think about the um, theory that the uh, the Titanic didn't hit an iceberg, but it was sunk by someone? <laughs> oh, gosh, you know, I haven't even heard that one. So I have no way to evaluate. In order to create the Fed. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I heard there were some people on it who were anti. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I just don't know. <laughs> I, you know. I have I have no evidence one way or the other to support it. It it um, no, 
this yeah, is something. It's, it's it's that's an interesting theory. I mean, it, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's, it's got to be provable or disprovable, you know, based on the facts. You know, if, if one were to investigate, I mean, I know they found they found the hull. So, um, you know, I although I suppose a, an explosive could have poked the holes in the hull. I, I I tend to believe it probably hit the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, one thing uh, that I've encountered amongst Bitcoiners is that just because they have realized that the, what the government says is a lie, they immediately cling on to the opposite theory, and they right. immediately buy the whatever the you know uh, most popular conspiracy theory about something is. Th- this fair is enough. not this is not about the Kennedy shooting, but just no, I guess. just a no, change the subject. Uh, and uh, and I I even met a guy who thought cigarettes were good for him because the government said they were bad. <laughs> wow! Yeah, so and yeah, so like, that, yeah, that's that's going to be a hard one. I mean, I, yeah, no, there there are a lot of them out there. But the one I always get a kick out of is you know if you believe we put a man on the moon. I mean, there there are a ton of people who think we faked the moon landings. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, and and nine eleven. Don't get me going there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of those things. And there's, there's a, yeah, I, I love the, uh, whenever they try to prove one side or the other and they overshoot so much, there's, there's a, someone made a very, very fancy 3D model of what the moon landing would look like with that kind of camera and that, at that time and that point. And you can see this computer, advanced computer graphics basically just doing the same thing as was, was filmed back then. Yeah. And it's uh, like, yeah, but, you haven't really proven anything, but you made this model, and yeah, so right. I. And this is a, this is a thing th- that also ties into that the free lunch, and I'll explain why. Okay, uh, because people people have a hard time accepting that they may not have the answer to stuff, or they, that, that there is no cheap, there, there is no easy answer, or there is Correct. no nuance. Like so, what they do is they long for there to be a free lunch. And therefore, they buy the whatever idea makes them comfortable. <laughs> Rather to, so, so, so I even have a theory that every, every human problem, almost every human problem stems from the, the, the wish for there to be a, a free lunch. Like, or, or, or a simple and understandable solution. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, yeah. so everything from inflation, inflation is, uh, Absolute, uh, absolutely a wish for a free lunch. We can just yes. print more money. That's the free lunch yes. thing. Yes. I would say that in my mind, I know you might disagree on this one, but I would say the afterlife is the wish for a, a free lunch. Oh, you, you'll very, get to no, have it. Like, very very yeah. possible. Very possible. I mean, yeah. it certainly, certainly yeah. gives mental comfort to a lot yeah. of people. And so, you yeah. know, logical reason to, to believe in it. Right? Yeah. And so, so, uh, so we're a species that long for free lunches. And just... <laughs> probably, probably every mammal or every living being does because we like free food. Like there's no animal that doesn't like free food. Correct. Uh, but this is, uh, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. There's no question <laughs> or anything. No, I think it's it's a, it's an interesting thing to explore. I mean, it, I think humans are very um, susceptible to being fooled. You know, there's there's no doubt about that, and. And of course, politicians have, have become the master foolers, so to speak. I mean, they are master manipulators. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, it attracts people who are du- duplicitous, and and you know, they're good at being duplicitous, and you know, they fool us. And uh, 
Um, you know, and, and sometimes do we want to be fooled, to be honest with you, right? Yeah. Uh, People uh, take, uh, what, what's a Franklin quote? Uh, any society that would give up a little uh, security for uh, security a temporary, li yeah. no, liberty for a little temporary so security. Deserves neither. Yeah. And, and, and we'll, oh, well, I don't remember the entire quote. But Freud had a similar yeah. comment where he said, you know, that, I mean, to be realistic, I mean, most people would have to accept responsibility for their lives and, and people don't want to do that. No. I mean, they'd prefer to blame somebody else or rely on somebody else. No, you know, that's I mean, it's, it, it actually, you can see this in Bitcoin. I mean, the whole, you know, look, being self-sovereign, taking control of your wealth and your keys and realizing that you have the power to destroy your wealth and nobody else does. And that if you lose those keys, you're screwed. I mean, that's a lot of people just plain don't want that responsibility. I mean, I, you know, I know in my client base, you know, mostly boomers, you know, in the, in the business I run, um, you know, they want to have somebody they can blame. And so, you know, so they're going to, if they're going to get into Bitcoin, they're going to go to Casa or Unchained and get a multi-sig solution and pay somebody to, you know, provide them with, with the redundancy of the keys so that, you know, they're, they, they don't have full responsibility themselves. And I said, that's fine. I get it. Just be aware that the risk you're taking there is that if men with guns show up at Casa's headquarters or Unchained's headquarters, they're going to tell them what you got and who you are. And, you know, I'm yeah. not suggesting men with guns are going to do that, but, um, you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, exactly. And, it's know, a non, so. non zero risk. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, uh, um, but, yeah. Do you run a node? It's, I do run a node, oh, but, great. I, but I, but I confess, I, I, full confession, I don't do much with it. But I'm no. on it. There was a time when I was trying to set up some lightning channels <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, and so forth. And, and, you know, um, Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not one, I'm not that, that much of a techie. I know you are much more of a techie oh, well, than I Well, I'm not. I'm, oh, a philosopher. Okay. I'm lazy with that stuff too. Okay. I, well, I know you, well, uh, let me say this. Uh, I know you're a much better physicist than I am because we've had that discussion, <laughs> which is really fascinating. Sure. We should go there. Oh, but, thank you. <laughs> but the point is that, um, I haven't done a lot with, I have not done a lot with my note, but my note is running and I do check it from time to time. And I, I actually started trying to set up some lightning channels and I confess it, it became Technically too challenging for me. And I, um, I, you know, I've got a day job that I, yeah, I yeah. my time on. So, so I went back to my day job and I'm, I'm going to leave lightning channels to the experts. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is the trade-off thing again, because like, and this is a fascinating aspect about Bitcoin because it layered like that too. Like if, right. if you, if you have a hardware wallet, then you hold your own keys, you, you have I got that. I yeah. Got, so got you, that. You, then uh. you've like secured your Bitcoin to a 99.9% degree. Right. But still, you're not. Unless you're on Ledger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you're on Ledger. But you're still vulnerable to changes in the code. So, uh, so that's why you need to run the node. And, right. uh, but it's still, for, for most people, a hardware wallet is plenty enough security. For most people, probably the, uh, just a custodial phone wallet is enough. And, right. and, and you can focus to, to, uh, you can choose to allocate your time to other stuff, like getting to know technical Bitcoiners. That's that's what I do. Uh, I like sure. I I have the best network in the world now. I can talk to I can talk to really technical people at any point and and uh, have you know things solved for me, uh, or at least having having them walking walk yeah, me through I, the I, process. I feel I feel the same way through being in in this network, going these shows, everything else. I've met. I feel like I have 10 go-to people that say, yeah. say, okay, 
what does this mean? Explain this to me. And they, yeah. and they in-depth knowledge of it. That's extremely helpful. It is. Yeah. And, and it, it, uh, it helps you under, helps your understanding of Bitcoin. But right. the, then again, you have to, like, I had imposter syndrome for a long time just because I wasn't the most technical guy. But, but then you realize that, that like, no one grasps every aspects uh, of this, uh, every aspect of this, because there's there's so many layers to it, and it's so multifaceted. Yes. So the, the the technical side and the economical side are are obvious. Like like if you understand, I have a pretty good grasp of Austrian economics, especially after writing the Praxeology book. So right. I, I know the economics of it. I'm pretty. I know the technical stuff pretty well. But then you have the whole philosophical. Sp- Sphere and like all the all the other stuff that comes into it and the legal right. the legal stuff I, I have no clue about that in, it's like and I have no interest in it either like <laughs> right so oh, uh, can, yeah. yeah there's yeah, so you much can avoid it I mean the legal stuff is you got your twelve words you know mola and bay come and take it yeah yeah pretty much yeah Luke do you have any questions for Larry. Yeah, Larry, uh, I, I've been a big fan of your, your work since you came on the scene here. And, uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, and, and I, I'm interested kind of in, in some angle because you, I, I really like how you pull together a lot of the kind of current um, stuff, like you, even the gold and, and, and all this for kind of the practical reasons to get into Bitcoin. But do, do you have any take on um, more like what do you think Bitcoin is actually going to do for people in adopting it, um, because I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about what you think about that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, look, I think it's going to change lives in an enormous way. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like I look at young people like yourself and I think, you know, I, I look at when I was your age, the opportunities that were available to me, they were enormous because the computer was just kind of coming out of the scene, PCs and stuff. And, um, and look, don't get me wrong. We still got a lot of technical innovation going forward, AI and all this exciting stuff, but. Um, but I looked at the economy and everything else and, you know, there was a, there was just a lot of upside, a lot of opportunity. And I don't see that, you know, what I see is a decaying system where, you know, my kids who are in their twenties, you know, they can't buy a house. I mean, they're all doing okay. They're making money, but they don't have any savings. I mean, they're just struggling to get by. It's really, really hard. I mean, I've seen statistics that show that this might be the first, you know, in America anyway, the, the, the history has always been that. Each generation lives a better life economically than their parents and their and their grandparents and so forth. There's a progress being made, and um, I've seen statistics that suggest that that progress might stop or has stopped in a way because of how upside down we've gotten this economy. And so, when we when we go to a full Bitcoin standard, I think that's going to return, and and I think it's going to be sad for those who don't know about this and don't get on this train and don't learn it. Was to be really sad, um, but you know, I, I think those who are on the train, who are learning it and understanding it, and who are in this ecosystem, I think we're all going to kind of be shocked with like, you know, oh my god, you know, that was really something. I mean, you know, I mean, um, I mean, I'll just give you an example in my lifetime. I mean, I remember when Microsoft came public in um, 1984. I think it was. I bought the stock. It was trading at like 13 times earnings and growing at 35% a year. And they had the IBM contract. They were running MS-DOS on every single PC. And I remember my boss saying, these PCs, what the hell are they good for? I mean, it's just kind of a, it's a glorified typewriter with a word processor on it. And I was kind of like, shit, man. I mean, this is going to, they're going to do a lot of stuff here on the spreadsheet. It's going to, you know, and that was before spreadsheet, anything. And, you know, 
you could just kind of see, and you know, I mean, I saw Bill Gates at conferences and he was just a, a smart techie and he had this nice little software business. Well, look at, look at him today. You know what I mean? Look at Microsoft today. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that Bitcoin is the same growth trajectory, but you know, all the money in the world, all the Bitcoins in the world, all the people, I mean, we are really, really, really in early days. So I, I think that, I think people are going to be shocked. I mean, I think, I think, you know, I think our grandkids are going to be like, holy crap, you have a whole coin. I mean, you have one whole, what are you talking I mean, one whole coin could be significant wealth. I mean, you yeah. know, in today's Man- Manhattan. <laughs> What's that? Manhattan. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's Manhattan, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a really, really, really big deal in my opinion. If it, if it plays out the way it would appear it's programmed to play out. I mean, I just, I think it's a, I think it's going to kind of, I think it's going to melt minds. I really do. Now, could I be wrong? Sure. Uh, you know, could it take longer? Yeah, probably. Maybe it will take longer, but, but it could also be shorter. I mean, we just don't know. And, um, you know, the history says that once, you know, it's this, um, um, tipping point argument that Malcolm Gladwell makes, you know, once you kind of get to 10% on board, then it rapidly takes the same number of years to go to, you know, to 90% adoption. And this is a, this is an innovation. It's clearly a monetary innovation. It's important. Uh, just look at the, look at the performance, look at the sharp ratio, look at everything that you do to measure it. And I don't know if we're at 10% yet. We may not have gotten there. So, you know, okay, fine. So maybe we hit 10% in the next few years. Um, you know, that's 16 years in. So then add 16 years to that where 90% of the world has it. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, in the late 2030s, you know, living on a full Bitcoin standard. And, you know, I mean, maybe in terms of purchasing power, you know, maybe a Satoshi, you know, maybe a Satoshi is, or maybe 10 Satoshis is a dollar, you know, and, and any coin is a hundred million Satoshis. I mean, shit, that's, you know, that's a lot of purchasing power. Right? Yeah. And it's inevitable that if, if Bitcoin oh. continues to work, that is well, inevitable. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, mean I, I look at it and I keep, I keep trying to poke a hole in the thesis. Yeah. yeah. I can't find it unless well, there's a technical, unless there's a technical EMP blow up. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and I, uh, having said that though, let me just say the one other caution, the governments could get really, really aggressive about it. And it could be, there could be a real war and there could be a real setback. Let me just give you an example. You, you're in government, you realize that this thing is ruining your fiat currency, you know, gold too. And, and you decide, you know what? We're going to make it illegal for Americans. I, mean, I don't think this is going happen, but it could. We're going to make it illegal for Americans to hold Bitcoin. If you're caught holding Bitcoin, you're going to spend 10 years in prison. If you sell Bitcoin now, we're going to tax you at 90%, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think it's likely that that kind of a law gets passed, but I don't think it's impossible. And they coordinate with other major G7 countries to kind of do something similar. And so everybody who's into this becomes an outlaw. You know well, what I mean? It's the 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 vulgarity of that though because banning so-called unhosted wallets is banning 12 words i that, get that it. that would mean you couldn't utter 12 words in a certain like so it's, it's the most, it. most most ridiculous thing ever done to the first amendment ever <laughs> like well, i I, it, I i i completely agree but but you know consider how 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 bad and threatened the people on the other side of the equation are well they're not they're, they're not though because it, like that, I view it as you know um, that when the Soviet Union fell, it was 
either Gorbachev or or Yeltsin, I don't remember which one. He was he was over in the US. Yes. And he went into a supermarket in some one horse town in Oklahoma or somewhere. And there's more food there than he has ever seen in his entire life. And he's right. in the elite in the Soviet Union. Correct. So and I I picture like you know U.S. government officials sitting in their ivory towers going to visit El Salvador at, at some point, and they'll see how much better life is on the other side, and they'll realize what they're doing is bullshit, even for them. Like, very, because very possibly. Yeah. Very possibly. And look, even if my worst-case scenario does play out, you know, everyone will go underground, everyone will keep their 12 words. I mean, I, you know, I'll become an Italian citizen or something. I mean, it's, I mean a, lot of pe- a lot of people leave the country. I mean, we'll, we'll wait it out, because I don't think I don't think it can survive over a longer period of time, but I do think that, um, you know, I just want to give kind of the heads up because, you know, the people who run the government, the people who run the system, the people who have the, the fiat money and who have the power are threatened by this. And they, they do, I think the smarter ones do realize what an existential threat it represents. And, you know, whether they go to the full extent that I just described or not, it's hard, you know, they probably don't, but you know, they are going to throw sand in our eyes. They're going to try to mess this up, slow down the adoption, you know, maintain the world they live in. I mean, you know, we all know the, you know, the, the laws in Britain in the 1850s when, you know, the, the, the road locomotives came along and you had, a, you had to walk in front of it with a red flag and you had to have a locomotive guy I sitting know. in the right, right yeah. seat. I mean, the people in privilege don't like this shit. <laughs> but, but, but the, the, the effort it would take to stop it though, because like, for instance, I, I, uh, there's a, a very uh, lovely uh, Australian woman who bought all three of my books in Miami, but she couldn't pay me. I just told her to, don't worry about it. Just just uh, value for value. Somehow do whatever you want at whatever point you want. She comes back to Australia. I come back to Europe and she asked me, can you shoot me a QR code? I shoot her a QR code. The money is there. Like So we did the trade on one continent and she instantly teleported them from Australia to a third continent. Right. Like, and we do this because we, we can do it because we have social media and we have like phone calls used to be expensive. So they, they're going to have to rewind the clock to back where a phone call costed $4 per minute. Like, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, they, they, they are losing all of their levers of power. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it used to be the New York Times said it and it was God's word. I mean, now, you know, Judith Miller lying about the Iraq war, weapons of mass destruction. I mean, uh, New York Times is a joke, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that article about Bitcoin mining, for instance. Oh, <laughs> it was just, it, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was just horrible. But but again, you know, social media picks up on it. I mean, look, the, in the rugged to and fro of ideas. Um, you know, social media sorts shit out pretty damn fast. You know, it does. You, I, uh, this is an example I do often. I saw when, when the Ukraine war started, there was someone fleeing either the Ukraine or Russia. I don't remember which country with a portfolio, like a leather portfolio, physical portfolio full of a, a, a gold bar, a bunch of rubles, bunch of euros and a bunch of dollars, like yeah. big piles. So it was his life savings basically. Yeah. And of course, the customs took it away from him. And the, the interesting thing is all the comments below the picture, because every Bitcoiner is like, ha ha ha, look at this idiot who can't remember 12 words. Sure. So that information goes out to every other person thinking of fleeing their country who has Correct. Twitter. Everyone Correct. sees that. So uh, even if the learning curve isn't that steep, 
it's probably steep enough, like for for humanity. When when we oh, have absolutely, yeah, it, it's because that was one of the great original use cases. You know, was the Chinese were using wealthy Chinese were using it to send Bitcoin to Vancouver, yeah. and yeah. then taking it out through a Canadian exchange and buy you know Canadian real estate. Yeah, Vancouver real estate. I mean, it, you know, it's 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 yeah. The expatriate escape is a great great use case. You know, it how, is. How do you, how do you, I mean, I, you know, I can't, I can't leave this country with $10 million worth of gold. I can't do it. No. I, you know, I, I mean, unless I get in a private boat, you know, and, yes. and go overseas, I, I just can't do it, but I could leave with a hundred million dollars of Bitcoin. And not a soul would know, you know? Exactly. And yeah, e- even at your age, they w- it wouldn't be too hard to memorize. No, 12 words. No, well, <laughs> I don't know the 12 words. I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever just Sorry rely on my memory only. I have multiple copies written down and stuffed in safe places, but yeah, because I, you know, I mean, if I, if I, if I go see now, I want my, I want my relatives to know how to get a hold of, uh, yeah. you know, not, the, the coins. Not, not saying that you're old or anything. Larry. No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't see a person. I'm just, I'm about to turn 66. So oh, I'm a young 66. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. The show is also sponsored by BitcoinBook.shop, the Bitcoin-only bookstore by Consensus Network. Consensus specializes in translations of Bitcoin books and also publishes original titles in English and many other languages. Check out BitcoinBook.shop for all your Bitcoin book needs. Consensus is always looking for new contributors, whether you have a book you want to publish, you want to help translate books into your native language, or you have some other way you want to get involved. So if you want to help spread the Bitcoin message, reach out to Consensus Network by Twitter or email. Details are in the show notes. Okay, Luke, do, do you have another question hey, for Larry? Honestly, I, I, think, uh, I, I think I think we, we might as well end on a good note. <laughs> like, like <laughs> honestly, no, no point. Uh, before I this start out. offending Larry. Even yeah, 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 no, 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 don't worry. You offend me at all. I, I've got very thick skin, and trust me, I get a lot more breathing on Twitter, yeah. right? And as you know, you guys know my, my persona on Twitter. I mean, I... If it, I, somebody will do, I will really do a meme for me, right? And the meme will be uh, ang- angry old man yells at yells at you know yells at central bankers. I mean, I that <laughs> I mean, I try to I try to be my, the best kind of Jeff Booth imitation possible because I think he's so wonderful, and positive, yeah. full of love, and just about how it's all going to get better. And I agree with all of that. I'm just very frustrated by the system as is. And these yeah. people, you know, who are defending their privilege, you know, the central bankers, and they're just blatantly lying to people and causing a great deal of pain in the process. And, and I, you know, and part of my role, I guess, as, a, as an old fart is to, you know, I'm not going to sit around and take it. You know what I mean? No, gonna, that's I'm fantastic. Yell back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you do a great job with that. Larry, yeah. this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. So, so glad to see you. you well, likewise, like, really great to see you. I hope we, yeah. uh, hope we get to see one another in Madeira. I know you've been doing a lot of shows. I, let me just put in a plug if I can. Um, the Pacific Bitcoin show is really a fabulous show. You know, the one run by Swan. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's oh. a lot of time zones for you, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's right. I compare that to Miami. Yeah. Um, it's, it's as good as Miami or better. It's really yeah. pure Bitcoin signal. There's no shit winery yeah. there. Higher you know? signal to noise ratio. I oh, hear. it's fabulous and yeah. great attendees, the whole nine yards. So, yeah, uh, I, I think it's in October. I don't know. You can Google it, find it easily. I think it's October. You should think about coming over if you can. All of us will be I, there. So. I am thinking about coming over to that one and uh, we, we'll see. Like, uh, yeah, 
everything has a price. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, you know, reach out, yeah, yeah, reach out to Corey. I mean, I, my, my suspicion is uh, I'm sure he'd love to have you speaking his tribute. So, uh, yeah, uh, maybe I should do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't been to that side of the U.S. yet. I've been to the well, East the Coast. I mean, this, you could yeah. make, if, if, if bring, bring the wife and family. I mean, you know, um, California, it, it's a shit. I wouldn't want to live there. It's kind of turned into a shithole, but. But yeah. in terms of natural beauty, you know, hiking yeah, yeah. mountains, beaches, yeah, the oaks, and it's it's a beautiful place. It really is. Yeah, I took the what's it called the highway one, the the one oh, yeah, the yeah. Coast. down the coast. Uh, oh, it's a gorgeous so, so I, I drove that down the Bahia, California, in uh, oh, Baja, California, wow. in Mexico. So, so yeah. I've seen the Mexican part of it, but not well. The, it's it's gorgeous from San Diego all the way up to Oregon too. So yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I I've heard about it, and I I'd li- really like to see that one day. So yeah. Who knows? If not this year, so maybe next year. Uh, okay. Yeah, but hopefully I can make it. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank I you hope very to much. See you Great soon to again. see you again. And uh, um, you know, stay in touch because we don't talk often enough. No, well, you're, you're welcome. Agree. You're welcome on uh, regularly if you like. Okay. And, uh, Just reach uh, out. Happy to do it. Absolutely. Anywhere else you'd like to send our our viewers and listeners? How can they get it? Anywhere else? Um, no, I mean, if, if, if people want to follow what I'm up to, I'm, like I say, I'm a loudmouth on Twitter. It's just my name, Lawrence Lepard. So, um, you know, and, and I'm open for DMs. I, I don't know. I can't always respond instantly, but I try to be attentive to that. Help people. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, all thanks right. So much thanks, for guys. On. Very nice to see you. Take care. See you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. See you, Larry. What did you think about that episode with Lawrence Lepard? He's got some great thoughts about the effects that Bitcoin will have on the world, especially if we see hyper-Bitcoinization within the next decade. It's always great to talk to Larry, and maybe we'll see him on Madeira sometime soon. Let us know what you thought about the episode. You can send us a boostagram on Fountain, leave us a comment on YouTube, or get in touch on Nostra or Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like the episode and subscribe to the Consensus Network channel. Our show sponsors are Wasabi Wallet, Orange Bill App, and BitcoinBook.shop. Use code FOOTPRINT at bitcoinbook.shop for 10% off your purchase. That's all for now. See you next time and thanks for listening.